Shorty Rock, Sean Santella, former Cage Fury flyweight champion. Uh, is it kind of weird to say that, former champion of Cage Fury? Uh, not really. I mean, I've been the champ for so long, and uh, I fought for other organizations. It got to the point where now it's just there's nothing left for me there. They don't feel the need to really um, try to find me fights, so we decided just to move on, you know, but... You know, everybody that knows CFFC knows, you know, I was a champion for so long, so they kind of relate, you know. So whenever you think of Shorty Rock, automatically it's usually CFFC, you know. Yeah, it's like they could induct you into the Hall of Fame of the promotion, no doubt. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's hot. Let me turn this light off. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so... um, they should actually, you know, I have the most fights, I have the most wins, I got the most title fights, but nobody would know that because they never, they never threw that out there, you know, unfortunately. I felt that they probably could have did a lot better marketing for me, but you know, it is what it is. How's uh, the isolation going for you? You know, a lot of people take it differently. So for yourself, what is your daily schedule? Man, it's been kind of crazy, actually, because my mom lives with me. She's been living with me for the last four or five years, and she actually has uh, bad asthma and some underlying health issues. So uh, I've been really, you know, cautious about what what we've been doing. Um, I really haven't honestly left my house except to go get um, supplies and stuff like that. Um, As far as food, meaning supplies, I don't believe in the whole, you know, storing up on toilet paper and everything else, (laughs) but... Um, I made a a trip pretty much once and I've literally been at home the last probably 10 to 14 days, you know, since my last training session. Um, unfortunately I always tend to get sick around this time myself. Uh, last year I fought actually, I fought, uh, Naoki Anawi, uh, at CFFC and actually fought him sick. And after the fight, I ended up getting pneumonia. You know, I, I went into the fight just not not fully, you know, uh, healthy. And then unfortunately, after I think my um, immune system just pretty much shut down. You know, um, so I for as long as I can remember, the end of February, beginning of March, always sick. You know, I just I always get sick. Um, it's almost weird that if like I, if I didn't get sick around this time, we'd be a little worried. You know. Mm-hmm. So um, I was just trying to keep it down to a minimum, you know, uh, load up on, you know, um, more or less vitamins and stuff like that and uh, take a precaution of, of like taking some mucinex just to kind of battle something and if it was coming. But um, I really haven't done anything. Netflix, <laughs> um, social media. Um, other than that, that's it. I, ha- I really haven't done anything. Going crazy, though. In, in this climate if you cough a little bit, you're like, do I have something? You know, it is like that in your mind. You have that little paranoia, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, when I went to um, the shop, right, I had a mask on, you know, and I thought everybody was going to make fun of me. And I couldn't believe how many other people actually had masks on and stuff like that. So, you know, again, for me, it's more better to be safe than sorry for my mom, you know, and it just so happens when I get sick, she gets sick. And when she gets sick, I get sick just because of us living together. Um, and my brother also has a bunch of kids and my mom's, you know, and myself are very active in their life. So when they come, you know, it's also bringing in, you know, anywhere from seven and eight year olds over and and we just constantly, you know, end up getting sick. So 
now's the time to kind of be cautious and kind of just hopefully everything, uh, you know, uh, flies over, you know, but it's been, go I've been, I've been going crazy. I'm not going to lie. There's no doubt about that. Well, you, at least you're doing a better job than John Jones, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just read that. Uh, that's crazy, man. I, I just don't understand it. A lot of his things he, with the money he has and the fame he has, I'm sure everybody's been saying it on social media, but I just can't understand why somebody like him doesn't have a, a friend that just drives him around, you know, uh, even if his friend was being stupid and, and driving drunk, at least he's not the one behind the wheel. You know, I mean, I, I don't know what, what it is, man. You can't, it, it, it's crazy, you know. Um, I, I think they need to do a better job at punishing him, you know, maybe prevent him from doing it. But if you look at it, he's got like this, it's almost like a three-year curse. Every like two to three years, something goes crazy and he snaps, you know. I feel he's going to jail this time. He's going to go to prison. I, it's because if you look at the video of him when he went before the judge last time, the judge said to him, like, if you come back, it's not going to go too well for you. And and he's going back. He's testing the water. So, hey, man, yeah. you know, maybe that's what it's going to take for him to go to prison and come out and, uh, yeah, and straighten his life out. I think, too, with, with the new charges, it's not just a DWI, but, you yeah. know, having yeah. a, a concealed weapon, you know, I'm sure he doesn't have a... a a permit to carry and stuff like that, you know, and hopefully he bought it legit, you know, I mean, they're running, I guess, ballistics and stuff like that to make sure it wasn't, uh, you know, attached to any other crime, but it's, it's scary, man. You know, you don't know because Ooh. you would think somebody of his, uh, his caliber, you know, like, all right, you own a gun, you go about it the right way. You have the resources financially and stuff like that. You can do it. Hopefully he wasn't stupid and bought something off the street that was connected to something out there. And now, Oh yeah, he'll he'll definitely do time with that. I I feel. Yeah, that's something beyond. If that if there's anything, if he did buy a gun off the streets, that's like all charges on him. That's you know, uh, he can't fight that. That's ballistic. So, hopefully yeah. that's not the case. But you know, it is what it is. Now for you, you know, on a more positive note, you signed a a new management deal with Wolf Sports Management. Why did you decide to get a new representation? Uh well I've to be honest, I've only had one solid manager in in my career that I was under contract with and that I actually went like the legit and you know I was I wasn't really happy with them, you know. I just didn't feel like they were really doing anything and whether they were like overpopulated with guys you know, uh, and the roster was filled. Like, I just felt like I was getting left out. And I felt like guys in my weight class that I feel I was, I'm better than record wise and title wise and everything else. They were actually getting better fights than me and getting signed to bigger promotions. So I just wasn't happy with that. You know, I wasn't happy with the, the communication and stuff like that. So, um, you know, and I held out for a while to just kind of do everything on my own, you know, just from being around the sport for so long, I've created so many contacts on my own, you know, especially regionally. Um, and then when I decided to, all right, let me give it a try. It seems like in order to get to that next level, I need some type of uh, representation. And I went and, it, and I had a bad taste and, you know, I ended up ending that. So, um, you know, I sat down with some friends and teammates and stuff like that and kind of thought about it. And um, I spoke with one of my good friends, uh, Harley, and we just felt like that would probably be the best bet. Because, you know, I have so much stuff going on. Uh, I'm uh, trying to open up my own gym as well. So between that, training for fights, teaching, 
Um, you know, I don't have that time to really dedicate to trying to, uh, represent me in, in, you know, the, the best situations, you know, I just don't have that, that time available. I can't put a hundred percent into 10 different things. It's just impossible, you know? So, um, I was training in New York city one day and I was doing a, a session with, uh, hops and Gracie and we were talking to him and, and he actually recommended wolves and he made the, um, the, um, you know, connection. And I really enjoyed our conversation. You know, we had a, it was almost a two hour long conversation. Um, and we, we planned on sitting down, but then everything happened. It was right before the Bellator actually it was the week of the Bellator, uh, fights is when it happened. So we planned on meeting the week after, but with everything going on, we, you know, we just decided to do a phone call and everything went great. You know, like I felt a really good connection talking to him. We were on the same page. Um, so I, I really, uh, I really enjoyed and I, I felt like a good, you know, good positive vibe. Plus he represents uh, one of my teammates that I train with Marcus. Um, so, you know, just Hobson alone, you know, is enough in my book, you know, but obviously, you know, talking to him and stuff like that, I, I definitely decided to, um, to, to go with him. And I feel like he's going to represent me the best and we have a game plan and we know what we want to do. He's already been more, um, more in touch with me than my last company, you know, like as far as being on the phone, talking to me, checking up on me. And, you know, I only signed with them recently, you know, it's not even been a, a week, you know, and I've already had more communication with them than I had my, my last, uh, you know, uh, management company. So that's always positive. You know, something with me is I always like communication, you know, like if I call somebody, I'm not going to waste their time, you know, like, again, I'm not, to me, I'm not a prospect coming up. I don't have three or four fights where I'm like, asking a ton of questions and um, overloading somebody, you know, like I know what I want, how I want it. And I can give you good input on how it's going to get done. So when I call it's serious, you know what I'm saying? So I just, you know, I expect the same, you know, just like I know when somebody like that is going to call me, you know, it's, it's a serious conversation. So the one thing that really annoys me is like, you know, if I have a question and I'm trying to get something done and I'm calling my, my management company or whoever's representing me and I'm not getting a response. You know, so I really, uh, you know, appreciate the fact that, you know, he's been very, um, you know, uh, touch with me, you know, um, touch base with me a lot, letting me know where we're going with everything, you know, the, co the, the contacts that he wants to, to talk with our game planning and stuff like that. Like every, every inch of the way he's been in contact with me, which I feel is great, you know? So uh, I'm super excited, you know, and I, I can't wait. I can't wait for all the stuff to be over. I can't wait to fight. Can't wait to get back to training, you know. So I'm excited, you know. I, I have a feeling it's going to be um, some good things in the near future with uh, Wolf Sports. So I'm excited. Uh, communication is definitely the key for anything. Is you know you have a lot of questions, and he needs to get the answers to those questions. So you got to have that good back and forth, and and no, you know, transparency also, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And I explained that to him when we first had a a, a talk too. You know, explaining like, listen, I'm not, I'm not going to waste your time. You know, like I, when we talk, yeah, we're going to have our normal, Hey, how's everything going? How's this? But like, if, if I'm reaching out, like it's serious, you know, like, and, and that's it, you know, like I know he's got other, other clients and other things and I know he's going to put hundred percent into me, but you know, I'm ready to go forward. You know, like I'm not somebody that needs to be, uh, held my hand walking through the steps. You know, I got 32 professional fights. You know, so it's like 
I feel like I already kind of paved the way. I just need that extra little little bump, you know, and I feel like he's going to help me out with that. And like I said, he's already uh, been in, in touch with me more than, than my last managed company with what he plans on doing and what he's already done for me in such a short period of time, which is awesome. You know, like I said, the communication and being transparent, you know, you need that. 2018, you actually went to international waters and, and fought for Brave. I heard that you had a multi-fight deal with them. So I, I figured when they posted that social media thing with the flyweight tournament and all that, I would figure that you had been on that post, but you weren't on it. So what happened no, with that situation? I, they didn't even offer, you know, I didn't get a call. Um, I signed with them and they were, were, when I first signed with them, they were talking about building the division. Um, and it was actually Frankie Edgar got me that, that, uh, that fight. He was over there commentating. And uh, I guess they, they were looking at signing some lighter, uh, lighter fighters. He mentioned me, made the connection. And, um, you know, I was interested just fighting internationally and, and getting out of the regional scene. I was like super excited. And they told me that, um, you know, we would be fighting for number one contendership. And I, you know, everything I thought would be, would be awesome. So I ended up fighting. And um, it, again, it was my first time fighting internationally. I didn't know what to expect. And there was a lot of hiccups, you know, between the travel, between the miscommunication, between, you know, my management and, and the promotion. And it was, it was just, you know, it was crazy for, for the first time going out and fighting internationally. It wasn't the best experience. It was definitely an experience. It was a learning experience, but ideally it's, it's not the one that you want your first time fighting out of the country, you know, um, for such a big fight. And, um, so we fought, I, I lost a decision to their, um, to the guy that went on to, to win their belt, but he missed weight. So he wasn't actually able to, uh, to get the belt. And, um, so I still had three more fights on my contract and I was supposed to fight with them. It was, uh, I think that fight was in August. I was supposed to fight in December and it was about two weeks out. I was actually out. I think I was actually in Canada cornering um caitlin and i get a call at the airport uh saying that um that the kid is off like he failed his medicals he's off the card so i was like man it was supposed to be in uh saudi arabia and they're like we don't know with such short timing if we can get somebody to fill in they got to get stuff with their visa or their passport you know entry into the country and all that stuff so i was like really disappointed you know and so they couldn't find me a fight, and that's when I asked, hey, do you guys mind if I fight out of out of my contract just so I can stay active, you know? I've, ever since the beginning of my career, I've always wanted to fight. You know, I think my fastest turnaround was six days, you know? Other than having an, an injury, you know, I try to fight at least three to four times a year, if not more, if I could, you know? And so I really just wanted to stay active. So uh, fortunate enough, they said yes. I fought. I won. And then I went back to him. Hey, guys, just letting you know if anything comes up, I'm ready to go. I won my last fight. And that kept happening. And they weren't they weren't finding me a fight. It was like, oh, well, we, you know, we'll, we'll let you know. We don't have anything coming up. We'll let you know. But then they started signing other flyweights, and they were actually booking other flyweight fights. And I'm like, guys, like, I'm on contract. I just – I lost to the champion, you know, by a decision loss. I, you know, I would think, do you guys want to get me a fight? And – I didn't get anything back for a while, and then I just kept fighting outside of contract, and then my contract literally expired um, from the time period, plus they weren't able to get me you know, enough fights. I had one fight 
you know, and my contract expired. I think it was like 18 months. You know, my contract was a 12 month, I think. I think it was three fights, one year, you know. Either way, it expired. And then after one of my CFFC fights, um, one of the media outlets had messaged me saying, hey, you know, why aren't you fighting for Brave anymore? And I explained to them what I just explained to you. So they reached out to them and they got a, a message back saying that they were still trying to find me a fight. So then the, the matchmaker actually calls me and asked me if I wanted to do a fight in India. And he gave me the opponent and stuff. And then he guaranteed me the number one contendership fight. And I'd fight for the title if I won. Plus, we, we were talking about like renegotiating the contract. And so I was like, all right, cool. Like, send me over the new contract. And then in the end of the conversation, like, no, we're just going to go off your old contract. And I'm like, well, you're just talking about giving me a title shot if I win. And then, you know, restructuring my contract, obviously, for more money if I win. I need those terms in writing. And then I just never got them. So that, that's where we kind of left off. And that was the last time I heard from them is that they agreed to everything, but then they wouldn't re restructure the contract. You know, my contract is already expired, so I can't go off of the same contract. You know, I mean, legally, you know, it, that contract is void after the, the, the time expired. So that was the end of it. And then I just again, I fought again for CFFC. And then next, you know, they had this flyweight tournament out, you know, so I was like, you know, it's crazy. You know, I went on social media. I said I, I would be in the tournament, you know, to them. And I didn't get anything back, not even, a, you know. So they signed a bunch of other people. And I was just, I was kind of like, wow, that they didn't even bother contacting me, you know. So I don't know. It is what it is, I guess. That was definitely odd. When you look at the, the, the top three promotions out there for flyweights, it's, of course, the UFC. And then you got one championship and Ryzen. Um, mm -hmm. when you look at those three, the top three, where would you preferably like to go? Cause their competition is different in all three. Mm -hmm. I, I would be willing to fight in any of them, you know? Um, again, I want to stay active, whatever promotions willing to like, keep me active, you know, like I want to fight, you know, I'd like my name to be on the top of the list. If somebody got hurt short notice, you know, I walk around very light, you know, I'm 133 pounds walking around daily you know like i haven't trained literally in in i think nine days and i woke up this morning 133 pounds so like that's about my walking weight so i can make it uh, i can make 25 on a day's notice on 24 hours you know um i actually feel like if i was to go to one i could fight at 125 hydrated you know um i'd have to talk to a nutritionist and see what their hydration test is and stuff like that that's something that i'm still not really fully um educated on you know so that's something that i would i'd have to find out but i honestly feel like i could do 125 hydrated and i could i could go in there and fight for their belt tomorrow you know i also feel like i could do the same thing at their 135 you know because i'm kind of at that in between with mighty mouse and that uh kincaid uh danny kincaid and stuff like that so um i i think that you know that would be interesting because i'd be able to fight at two different weight classes if they would allow it you know but right now, man, I just I just want to fight. You know, I would love to fight in the UFC. It's always been a dream, and I, I've always really just wanted to fight the best guys. So I want the I want the best competition. That that's what I'm looking for. So it could be whatever organization that shows me the best competition, and I would love to to fight for that organization and put on you know fun fights for the fans. I like to think that I'm never in a boring fight. Um, I've had some people kind of criticize me. Um, 
because of uh, because of some decisions that I've had. But if you look at those decisions, they've all been dominating decisions over like really top level guys. I mean, dominating where I've had multiple 10, eight rounds, you know, just completely dominating them. You know, a lot of people don't understand. Sometimes you get to a certain level when guys go in there, they, they fight not to lose. They don't actually fight to win. So for them to go in there and to not get finished by me in their mind, that's a win. And those people are a lot harder to finish when they're going in there being really reserved and not actually trying to fight. And I think people lose, lose sight of that sometimes, you know? Um, but from any fans or anybody like that, anybody that's watched any of my fights, I've never had anybody say that I, they've ever witnessed being a boring fight, win or lose, you know? So again, you know, I have a very aggressive style, you know, it might mainly be a little bit towards grappling cause I'm a jujitsu guy, but I'm always finishing fights. And my grappling exchanges are wild, you know? I'm not just, like, sitting there and hanging out. I'm damaging, you know? I'm constantly transitioning. I'm constantly attacking. It's never just, like, all right, I'm going to take somebody down and just, like, lay on them and, and pray, you know? Like, that's what people think of a lot of grappling-based uh, fighters, you know? So they get that stereotype of being boring. That's definitely not my style, you know? I like to consider my style as, like, a scrappler. I'm a scrappy grappler, you know? And, again, anybody that watches my fights... Never had anybody complain. Yeah, one championship you, you spoke about them, they have a lot of great matchups for you, you know what I mean? And they, they have three weight divisions. They have the bantamweights, they have the flyweights, and they also have the strawweight men. So, you know, anything could be possible over there. Now, another promotion, Ryzen. I've seen you going back and forth with a couple of the guys from that promotion. You know, I, recent, just recently, I feel like Trent Gurdum, you went back and yeah, forth with yeah. him. How did that originate? Oh, because I actually said on, um, I fought, he fought Naoki mm. the, and I fought Naoki, uh, I think three fights ago and mm. awesome dude, you know, trains at, at Sarah Longo and, uh, we were actually talking after our fight through like Google translator and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we, we connected on social media. I've always wished him luck. He's done the same and he had a good fight and I watched it. And I guess that kid Trent or whatever went on social media on Twitter and blasted like he got robbed. And I watched the fight and I was like, I thought it was a good fight. Like to me as a fan, because I'm also, a, you know, a huge MMA fan, I enjoy watching fights. And I said, dude, like that was a good fight, you know? And then he started talking shit to me, like, you know, because I said, yeah, I did thought Naoki won, but I thought it was like very narrow because he was able to take him down in a close fight where the striking was equal, he was able to take him down and take his back. And then, you know, of course he starts talking crap, you know, like, oh, if that's how you like to fight and I'll smash you if you can. He just started talking. I don't even know who the guy is. So I said, hey, if you can make 125, you know, I'll fight you. You know, you're not even in my weight class, you know, but I'd fight him, you know, but it was just, he just out of nowhere. He's, you know, one of those dudes that when he gets a little bit of criticism, you know, he just lashes out. And I was actually giving the kid a compliment, you know? So maybe that's his, you know, his lack of intelligence to realize, like, you know, another fighter was, like, saying, hey, that was a great fight. You know, it could it could have went either way. If I was a judge, I would have judged it for Naoki. And I had, like, a reasonable explanation as to why. And then the kid just started, like, talking smack and then reaching out to me on, like, Instagram and, like, you know, privately messaging me all this crap. I was like, dude, I have 32 professional fights. You don't have to talk smack to get a fight out of me. You sign a contract, you say we're going to fight, and I'm excited. 
you know, you don't need to to lash out and, and, you know, try to be all like hardcore and gangster. Like I'm beyond that. You know, like I enjoy fighting. You know, you sign a contract, you close the cage door or we walk into the ropes or whatever and I'm ready to fight. You know, that's it. <laughs> Earlier this year, I saw you do some work with uh, Tony Ferguson. I want to ask you, is Khabib versus Tony Ferguson cursed? Do you believe this? At first I did, but now with everything going on, um, I, I think it's going to happen. And I've actually been uh, helping out one of the fighters on the card, um, Sajara Eubanks. I'm, um, I should be cornering her if everything goes well. Uh, we've been really working on this fight for her because, um, you know, for, from what it sounded like with her and her opponent, they're both on like that, you got to win or you're gone type scenario, you know. So we've been really putting in a lot of, a lot of work to really go out there and have her perform, not only perform, but dominate. So I've been kind of getting filled in a little bit as to, you know, like what's going on. And it seems like from, from the managers that have fighters on the card and everything that it's going to be a go, it's just nobody knows where, you know? So, um, I, I'm kind of hoping that if it's overseas, they let us know, um, us meaning the fight camps, because you got to take that preparation a little different with your weight. You got to worry about flying you know, and, and maintaining that water and stuff like that. So ideally you'd like to leave a little lighter than normal if you're going to be flying 10 to 12 hours or whatever. Um, so that's the one thing that I'm a little concerned about, but I think it's a go, you know, I'm super excited. I think the curse will be over. Um, the only concern with me is that you're loading up this fight card with all these fights and how is everybody training if everything is kind of in lockdown, you know, like you're following everybody. Like I said, I'm a huge fan. So I'm always following everybody on social media, seeing what they're doing. And it seems like a lot of people just, they're not going to be able to perform to their best ability simply because they don't have that training camp. Like they normally would, you know, whether it's gyms are closed, training partners, uh, they don't have a location, you know, like maybe they can't train at their house, um, whatever the case may be. You know, fortunate enough, we, you know, we have people that have gyms in their basement and we, and we're able to get people together to train, but a lot of things that you're reading, people just, they can't train to their full capability. I'm sure Khabib can, and I'm sure Ferguson can, and I'm sure that's all Dana really cares about, like the rest of the world. As long as those two guys can get a full camp and fight, who cares about the rest? But, you know, I'm interested to see if, if the fighters, one, make weight, you know, because one you know, you're, you're stuck in isolation. You're not, you're on a lockdown pretty much. So some people that are worried about going out, you know, they tend to gain weight, you know, they're going to be heavier than normal. They're not getting their normal three workouts a day, or they're not getting the three workouts that they normally would, you know? So I'm curious to see if, if, if the fighters one make weight and, you know, the second one is how, if they do make weight, how they perform simply because, you know, you're not giving them the best chance that they can perform at the best of their ability simply because the gyms were taken away. And that's not something the fighter could prepare for. You know, the government, you know, they, they took they they banned gyms from being open, you know. So it's like, what are you supposed to do? So that's the only thing that kind of concerns me. You know, it, it doesn't concern me uh, on our end, you know, because I know we've been doing everything we can. But some of the stories that I've been reading I, I don't know, you know, I mean, it's it's hard to figure out what people are going to do. And plus, you know, I don't know if there's travel bans, you know, I don't know if you're allowed to leave the country. And if you can, can you get back in the country? Are they going to put you into that 14 day quarantine if you come back into the country? 
you know, so it's a lot. It's a lot, but I'm excited for it, man. I'm really excited for that, um, for that fight, you know, as a fan. And, you know, hopefully I get to corner and be there live, you know, so it should be a super, super exciting experience, you know, especially if, if the place is empty, you know, at least hopefully they let us go out there and watch the fights live rather than being in the back. What if you have the corner like 20 feet away from the cage? That would be so weird. That would be very weird, right? Just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, from it's the front, oh, I can see it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I feel like my voice carries, you know, all the, a lot of the fighters that I train that are teammates and that I coach, they seem to be able to, um, you know, hear my voice most. Like it's very distinct when I'm coaching. So that's always good to hear, you know? Well, no matter what, the event happens it's going to be a story you can tell your kids your grandkids whatever you know just going to be for a long time like this is what happened in 2020 and i was there to experience yeah. that live um sean appreciate the time i hope you get signed real fast me personally as a fan i would like for you to get signed to one championship because i feel like that has more options for you you know what i mean it's not like you're you're like a 20 year old prospect you know you're you know you're 35 years old you need to get there get in quick and get the big fights and i feel one championship has those big fights for you as a fan i would like to see you do that there's so many options um uh so hopefully when you do get signed get you back on the show and then talk about the prospects of what's next for you what matchups you can have thank you so much yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thanks again. I'm super excited, too. Hopefully uh, you're right, you know. Uh, being 35, to me, it's just a number, man. If you watch my last couple of fights, I feel like my skill set has been getting better. You know, I've, I've been improving every time I get in there, which is crazy for how many fights I have. So that's actually scary for my opponents. You know, I've been able to stay healthy, and I'm excited, man. I feel like I have a lot of years left to grab me a, a bigger belt at another stage. If it's one, Maybe that, that double belt, you know? So fingers crossed, man. Thank you for your time. 